0: Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to go ahead and continue with our lessons. Let there be light. And uh, just for this, for this particular lesson, I'd like to look at the end goal in view and bearing the truth. <clears throat> and I've thought about this uh, for a while now, and I've, I've just been just been considering it and thinking about it and I'll just go ahead and make some statements and then I'll basically uh, make my comments as well and just show some, just, we'll look at some verses, but uh, uh, before, before I make a statement concerning the end goal in view and bearing the truth. I want to mention this, and I'll just say this: philosophy is of man below. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, we may look at that a little further in our pre, in our in our next class, in our following class, our following lesson. But I just wanted. I was thinking about that, and I think it's more along the lines because. I've just been like looking at things as that which is above versus that which is below. And so I've just been really considering everything in that respect, in a sense. And of course, to me, everything above is Christ himself, is found in the person of of Christ himself, and everything below is... What is not found in the person of Christ, and so I'll just mention that again, make the statement philosophy is of man below, and we'll see if we look at that any further in our next lesson and so <clears throat> the goal, the objective all right and i I spoke maybe two three weeks ago for one of our Sunday morning services and after I did, I just began, you know, con- continuing to meditate and just upon what the Lord had put on my heart, ha- on what the Lord had, um, has been placing upon my heart. And this really, uh, this this thought right here really came to the forefront. And here it is. <clears throat> Concerned now, this is concerning the goal, the objective in view. That we have in view. We interpret everything, everything according to the end goal, the objective we have in view. That is, whatever goal, whatever objective we have before our heart. And I'll just I'll make a couple I'll give a couple examples. We'll look at a few verses, but I really I really want us to just consider that we interpret everything. Everything. I mean everything. And well, of course, I'm in regard to everything. I'm speaking specifically of the scriptures, but really, scriptures are everything and anything. We interpret everything according to the end goal, the objective that we have in view. That which is before our heart. Okay? Here's uh, an example concerning that. Love. Just, Just think about that. Just love, okay? And when it comes down to it, it, concerning the goal, the end goal, the objective that we have in view, when it, comes, when it comes down to it, what are we looking for? And that's really defining, because whatever we are looking for, whatever we are looking for as believers non-believers, those who were not born again, whatever we are looking for is the end goal, the objective that we have in view. So everything we hear, everything we see, uh, everything we read, everything we learn, everything from our senses, sensory perception, everything will come into. Well, actually, we'll come under that end goal, that objective that we have in view before our heart. And so when I ask, what are we looking for? Here's an example. Are we looking for miracles? Okay. Now, miracles are not an evil thing, brothers and sisters. They are not a bad thing. Okay. Miracles actually serve a purpose. But, listen... I remember when I was first born again, and I don't know whether it was uh, just me in my heart or just part of the fellowship that I was part of at the time, but in, in my heart, and I'll just say it that way, in my heart as a young believer, I basically had this thought that if miracles, signs, and wonders were not taking place, then something was off something was wrong. To me, at that time, as a young believer, if there were no miracles, signs, and wonders happening, then my conclusion was, well, God's not in it, or God is not here. Now, that was my concept during that time. So, what I had in view were miracles, signs, and wonders. So when I would go to the scriptures, of course, during that time, the majority was just the New Testament, that's what I was looking for. Oh, yeah, Jesus is is all over the gospel. He's there in Matthew, uh, Mark, Luke, and John. He's there and he's doing miracles. And that's what was getting my attention, the miracles and the miracles. And they would come to Jesus and they would receive a miracle or a healing or Uh, They would bring people to Jesus and a miracle. Or Jesus himself would just present a situation and then he himself would provide a miracle. And for a time and season, miracles, signs, and wonders were, for me, at that time and at that season, the end goal, the objective that I had in view that which was before my heart. Okay? <clears throat> so, what are we looking for? Because whatever we are looking for as believers, please please listen, whatever we are looking for as believers, that is the end goal, the objective that we have in view. And we will be looking for that in the scriptures, and we will be looking for that Everywhere else. I, I I jotted a verse down, <clears throat> and I'm glad because it's actually uh, two things I wanted to, just to mention concerning Abraham. And I didn't know it was within the same passage, but I kept on reading, and voila, and there it was. So, once again, when I state, what are we looking for? And I'm, when I say that, I'm asking us as believers, us as newborn believers who have just been born again by the Spirit of God, the Spirit, the mercy and miracle of God, and us believers who have been born again for quite some time, whatever amount of time that's been, by the Spirit and mercy of God. Okay, so what are we looking for? I want us to still look at Abraham because I'm still in, in my other classes, I'm still looking at Abraham. That's where the Lord still has me. But in Hebrews chapter 11, let's begin with verse 8. It says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. God called him unto a place that would be his inheritance. And look at look at the way it says it, and he went out not knowing where he was going. When the God of glory first appeared unto Abraham the with this verse right here, the only expectation that Abraham had Of God. Well, we're going to get to it. Going on. uh, In a little bit. He didn't. He went out. Not knowing where he was going. But see it says right here. When he was called to go out to the place. Which he would receive as an inheritance. So okay. Okay. Right there. God appears. I'm going to give you this place as an inheritance, you can say that was Abraham's expectation. Well, God promised me an inheritance. And and look at this. The very next sentence, whether there was a period in in the Greek or not, I'm just looking at the English right now, and he went out not knowing where he was going. And to me, when I read that, this is this is what I understand is that Abraham had no preconceived notion of what God had promised. Abraham did not come with his concept at least in the scriptures it doesn't say that it says he went out not knowing before we're born again, brothers and sisters <clears throat> We have our thoughts, we have our concepts of everything, even of God. I mean, I I remember even before I was born again, I believed there was a God. I believed in God. I wasn't born again, but I believed in God, okay? I believed there was a God, but that was also my belief was according to my own concept, my own thought concerning God. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. So there's an expectation there of what God had promised. An expectation that only God himself could realize, and not only realize, but make known unto Abraham. And we're going to see that in a couple verses here in a second. It goes on, verse 9, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, the same promise, what God had promised, a land will be, a place will be your inheritance. And this is the New King James Version. It says, verse 10, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose whose builder and maker is God. I think the King James says uh, he looked for a city which has foundations. And God and everything of God. Well, yeah, I'll go ahead and make a statement. It's further down in the notes. God and everything of God must be found in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. A city, Christ is that city. A land, Christ is that land. Once again, Jesus said, they are they concerning the scriptures, concerning what is written, they are they that testify of me. They either test, well, let's just look at it this way. Either Jesus is true or Jesus is a liar. And if Jesus is declaring what is true, then we have to consider what he just said. That's John chapter 5, verse uh, 39 through 40. They are they that testify of me. That means everything and anything you find in the scriptures, they are a testimony of Jesus Christ. And you can look at the testimony this way. The testimony does have an end goal, an objective in view. And the end goal of the testimony, the objective in view of the testimony, is the person of Jesus Christ himself. We we cannot... Escape the sun, and there's got to be a better way of saying that. <laughs> <clears throat> we cannot dismiss the sun. We cannot ignore the sun. We cannot uh, put Jesus aside. No, He is everything. Everything to God, He is everything. We're going to see that here in a little bit, and so. Uh, Abraham, he comes out not knowing. So, according to at this at this time, according to the end goal, the objective that Abraham has before his heart, he doesn't know yet. We're going to see it. uh, Well, we're 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 not going to turn there, but uh, in Acts chapter seven, verse two through three, and Genesis chapter twelve, verse one, basically God says this. Get out of your house, from your kindred, from your father's house, and come unto a land that I will show you. And so this expectation that Abraham has concerning the land, the place, I mean, we read it in Hebrews, the place, is something that God himself had promised to give Abraham as an inheritance. But not only that, With Genesis chapter 12 and Acts chapter 7, God is the one who must realize this the land that I will show you. And so there is Abraham's expectation because Hebrews, he went out not knowing, except God himself would make known this place to Abraham. Abraham could, how should we say it, could have his own concept, his own thought, his own definition of the place. But I'm glad that, I'm glad that the scriptures say he, that he goes out not knowing, not knowing, completely and utter dependent upon God to make known the place the land, which would be Abraham's inheritance. We always have uh, preconceived notions, as I mentioned, before we're born again. We have our thoughts concerning this, concerning that. We have our concepts of this, concepts of that. As I stated before I was born again, I believed in God. I wasn't born again, but I believed in God. That's about it. But I also had my concept of God as well see and our concepts are <laughs> our concepts come from the natural mind which is bound to the first man adam the natural mind whose source is the first man adam the man adam of the earth earthy <clears throat> the man that cannot know that cannot attain that cannot discover god nor the things of God. The mind unto the mind, I, I'm not going to say it's grammatically correct, unto the mind which God and the things of God are a mystery. Maybe I did say it grammatically correct. Unto that mind, brothers and sisters, man cannot know. With that mind, man cannot know. And when I say man, I mean all humanity. Every single person born in the flesh cannot know. Okay? All right, so going on. Uh, we interpret everything according to the end goal, the objective we have in view. And that is true. You can make that, you can jot that statement down. And I want you to consider this. I want you to think about this just Based on my question, because the way we answer this question is going to make known, is going to expose, it's going to reveal the end goal, the objective that we have before the face of our heart. What are we looking for? Go ahead and write the question down. What are we looking for? And I don't want to know your answer, brothers and sisters. No. What I'd like is for you to present this question before God Almighty, before the Lord, before the Spirit of God who searches the heart, who knows the things that are hidden in our heart. Present that question And let the answer be made known. And that is between you and God. What are we looking for? I mean, really, thinking about it. And I I ask this, I I mention these, I say these things not to condemn or anything. No, 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 none of that. But see, the Spirit of God, I do know this, the Spirit of God is continually, continually preparing the ground of our heart, whether we realize it or not. Because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of truth who was sent of God to guide unto all truth, not unto unto our concept, not to reaffirm our concept, not to strengthen our concept, our concept which comes from the natural mind, the mind which belongs to the first man Adam, the man of the flesh that cannot know the things of God, and can never come to know the things of God, that cannot attain unto the things of God, that cannot ascend unto the things of God. No. The Spirit of God prepares the ground of the heart to direct the heart and bring and guide the heart unto the truth. we interpret everything according to the end goal, the objective we have in view before our heart. There you go. All right. Well, I'll just keep on going in order. And I know that my notes aren't really in order but that's all right uh, if the minister has some other goal other than Christ the only son then it is counterproductive to the work of the Spirit of God I say counterproductive because once again the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God the Spirit of truth Jesus said and we're going to read the verse we're, we're going to read the verse here just right now. He will guide you into all truth. And with that all truth, the end goal, the true objective, the eternal end goal of God, the eternal objective of God is brought to light. This is John chapter uh, 16, verse 12 through 15, New King James version, verse 12. I still, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And <clears throat> there was much, <laughs> I'll say this, there was much, well, there was probably <laughs> probably everything <laughs> when I was first born again that I could not bear. And what, what I mean by this, we're going to find out basically what Jesus is speaking of is that we cannot bear the truth. We can't. And yet the Spirit of God, once again, prepares our heart, prepares the ground of the heart, that we may bear the truth. So that we may be able to bear the truth. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And I'll say this, brothers and sisters, this is continually... This, this this is this is right here this is growing up in the knowledge of God growing up into God's very own knowledge not my brain learning more things not my mind listen not my brain natural physical brain of the flesh, not my mind natural mind all of which, Finds its source in the first man, Adam. No, 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 not my, not me learning more about God or the stuff of God or the things of God. No, no, no. Growing up in the knowledge of God, God's very own knowledge. And now, Jesus, who is the beginning and the end, we will be throughout eternity knowing this one. Who can exhaust the immeasurable, immeasurable treasure who Christ the Son is? No one. No one. Who can truly know the fullness Of the infinite one. Throughout eternity, brothers and sisters, we will be knowing him. Abraham, I really, I just love the testimony found in the scriptures. Abraham began, Abraham began when the Lord brought his heart unto the place of his inheritance. And then Abraham journeyed as the Lord led him throughout that place learning discovering his inheritance that that was as soon that began for abraham as soon as god himself i'll say this god himself brought him to the place so think about it the moment the god of glory appears It's like the very first thing. Come unto a land I will show you, unto a place which will be your inheritance, to discover the land that God Himself must show, to discover our inheritance. To me, brothers and sisters, the inheritance of every single born again believer is Jesus Christ Himself. Just as our soul is an inheritance of Christ the son, the heir, so also he is our inheritance. And I know many of us cannot bear that. We cannot bear that, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm not here to convince us. I'm not here to upset us. I'm just here to present what the Spirit of God has put before my heart to share. It's the Spirit of God that does the convincing, not man. (laughs) I can't speak to your heart. You can't speak to mine. God alone. Okay? So, <clears throat> here we go back back to John chapter 16 verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, verse 13, when he the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And as I stated, I personally believe that that is to begin when the Spirit of truth comes and continue throughout eternity. For he will not, Now goes on, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come, all right? And to me, you can just, with that verse, uh, John chapter 16, verse 13, I want you to mark down, and you can read this later, Acts chapter 26, verse 16. He will show you things to come. And to me, things aren't like... uh, To me, all right. To me, things are the things that are found in the Scripture. The things which testify of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I mean, what what other things are there? Except God and the things of God. I mean, what else is there? In Acts chapter 26, verse 16, uh, you, can, you can this is a free translation you can find out there on the internet. Uh, Esword has it. I know other other ones have it as well, but I know it on Esword. It's free. My sword has it, I believe as well. It is uh, James Murdoch Murdoch's translation of the Syriac Peshito from the New Testament, and uh, it says this: Jesus is basically when the Lord appeared unto Saul at Tarsus, and he's converted. He sees the Lord, everything change. Everything changes. But he says this, Jesus says this, I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to constitute thee a minister and a witness. And I know we all get excited with that, but that is the automatic result of the following of what Jesus is going to say. A minister and a witness of this. Now, this, this Was Paul's ministry, or shall I say, the ministry that Paul served in his generation, which ministry is the ministry of God? Of this, thy seeing me, and of thy seeing me hereafter. I love that because James Murdoch, this brother, he, I mean, he focused in, and he, I mean, I believe it was by the Spirit of God. And I've looked at that verse with an inner linear. I looked at that verse in 2007, 2008. That's where the Spirit of the Lord led me in my studies. And I searched that verse left and right. I looked at all the Strong's numbers, the Greek definitions of the, of the words and stuff. And that is the most, to me, that is the most accurate translation of that particular verse that I have found Of this, thy seeing me, and of thy seeing me hereafter, there is the eternal end goal of not only the Scriptures, not only the testimony found in the Scriptures, but of everything and anything, brothers and sisters. See... This whole natural creation, to me, this whole natural creation was created of God with one purpose, to testify of His Son, to direct the heart, that the heart might come by a miracle of God, a work of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God bringing a heart, a soul, under the person of Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son. I say that, I'll I'll just give this example, because I was thinking about this today and the other day. When I was first born again, because I didn't—to I to me, before I was born again, I, you know, I did the—like uh, I said, I believed in God, and I would show up to, to a church service at least once a year, and that was on Easter. And, you know, if I wanted to be real spiritual in my mind, if I wanted to be real good—no, I can't even say spiritual, because— <laughs> I wasn't born again, but if I wanted to be real good, then I'd show up on Christmas also, and I and I at least had to make those two services, okay? So I really didn't know any worship songs, all right? I didn't know the the, the hymns, you know. I'd heard here and there, but nothing that I could recite or sing on my own. I, I didn't grow up going to church every Sunday or going to a a Wednesday night service. I I didn't do any of that. Nothing. Easter, and if possible, Christmas. Christmas Eve. Okay. So that, that was my background before being born again. The Lord directed, organized things on the earth so that I would end up at a particular university which initially rejected me. Yeah. And then I got later, they didn't accept me, but then later I did get accepted on a probationary basis. School of music. That's the key. I went there to study music. I loved music. And when I first got born again, I didn't know how to express what was in my heart in gratitude Unto God. So you know what I ended up doing? I ended up taking the secular songs that I knew and that I played and directed those unto the true object now. Unto the true eternal expectation. Unto the true eternal end goal. Because the Spirit of God had brought this one to whatever degree, Jesus Christ himself, before the view of my heart. Now, at that time, it might have been my concept of God, my concept of Jesus, but nonetheless, I was quite thankful and quite grateful. And the only way I could express that to God Himself was taking the songs that I already knew, that I knew had other objects in view, and replaced the false objects, the false images. With God Himself. And so that's why I say God can use whatever, whenever, however he wants to direct our heart into Christ. I mean, that is how merciful our God is. That is how loving our God is. He will take He will do whatever it takes to get the attention of our heart. Whatever. He takes the initiative, brothers and sisters, we don't. No, no. If we are looking for the Lord in any measure, and by any means, however uh, we are doing it, it is because the Spirit of God is guiding us. He called us. We didn't get up and start looking for Him. No, He came to us, to each one of us. And the Spirit of the Lord is here to continue directing us unto this very same one. All right. So let me go ahead and continue reading here. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth for truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. And once again, for me, the things to come, that those things which are found in the Scripture that testify of Christ. This thy seen me, and of thy seen me hereafter. He goes on. Verse 14, and this is one of the reasons, well, I, I can't say this is the reason why I said that. I said that because that's what's already in my heart. But here we go with the one, for me personally, the Spirit of God has placed as the end goal of my heart. Verse 14, He will glorify me. For he, listen to this, he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He will take of what is mine. John chapter 5, once again, verse 39. Jesus says the following. He says, you search the scriptures. In the scriptures, you think you have eternal life. He says this. The scriptures you are searching For the thing, eternal life, the term eternal life, those scriptures, they are they that testify of me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 15, all things. Looking at verse 12 again, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, He will take of mine and declare it to you. All things of God belong unto the person of Christ Jesus Himself. We're going to continue looking at some of these things here in a second. Okay. <clears throat> so once again, with the statement, we interpret everything according to the end goal, the objective we have in view, that which we have before the face of our heart. If in our heart, now with, with our with one of our examples that we were looking at before, I mean you can here's another example of evangelism. Evangelism, I mean, you find evangelism in the scriptures. But listen, all the things, plural, T-H-I-N-G, all the peoples, places, things, times, events, situations, Jesus says, they testify of me. If in our heart, love is in view, just the term love, Now, please do not misunderstand. Love is a good thing. (laughs) It's a very good thing. But we're going to look a little bit on that. We will, because that's just an example, we will read the Old Testament and the New Testament and discover God loves us. That's one of, you will come to that conclusion. And brothers and sisters, this conclusion is a true conclusion. And you can read all the Old Testament passages, and you will see God's love. I mean, you can even see it from Genesis chapter. Oh, I don't even know which chapter it is. But you see God covering both Adam and Eve with skins to cover their sin. Did he have to do that? No. No. Now, listen to this. God. We will find, we will discover God loves us. We'll see that in the Old Testament. We'll see that in the New Testament. And you'll see it everywhere you read. I mean, that that and the, listen, the Spirit of God does that at times. Actually, I'll say that. He does it all the time, at least for me. He brings something before our heart. Like, I've been on the search, the great mercy of God, since 2014. Before 2014, I'll say this. The Spirit of God was preparing my heart so that I might begin looking at the great mercy of God. So mercy has been before the face of my heart. But brothers and sisters, I have begun to discover and find that mercy is a person. The mercy of God is found in a person. Nothing apart from a person. So back with our example of love. God loves us. We will begin to see this in the Old Testament. We'll begin to see this in the New Testament. We'll see it everywhere in the passages. But now listen to what I'm about to say. But it is our concept of love. And when it's our concept, we can fall into the thought or the pattern, well, God loves me because this happened. Or God loves me because of this. Or God loves me because I'm having a, a peaceful time. And all those this, that times, we're defining God's love here below. I mean, below on the earth. Maybe I should use our other diagram. Ugh. Right? We're defining it down here, below. When things go great down below, I, I mean, I say this because I did this. And I'll probably still do this to whatever degree. But I'm remembering, remembering specifically of a time when I was in Bible school. And there was a sister there in Bible school who had a vehicle. And it was the heat of Texas, Texas heat. And she had a, a vehicle that had electric windows that wouldn't work. They were they just stayed rolled up. So here I am wanting to help. And I go to help. And I know a little bit of mechanics, so I, you know, I'm not I'm not a mechanic, but I just started messing around. All I wanted to do was help. And so I go about trying to help. And guess what? I got them, I've I got both windows going up and down. And I praised God. And then I start putting the door panel back on the doors, and something happened, and I heard a pop, and I smelled a smell, electrical smell. And then so I thought, well, let me see if they still work. I go to turn the ignition on, and nothing happens. I mean, talk about going from bad to worse. All I wanted to do was help another believer, and I made things worse for them. Now you can imagine what was going through my natural, my natural mind, and then whether you know whether this has ever happened to you or not—it doesn't matter. It happened to me at that time. Instantly, immediately, the thoughts came: God doesn't love you because of this. Whoa, the thoughts are there. If God loved you, this wouldn't have happened. And so that's pretty convincing to me. It was my concept of love at the time. And my concept, your concept, brothers and sisters, is not the truth. The spirit of truth is here to guide us unto all truth. And I'm thankful because God is faithful. God took the initiative. He stepped in. And he brought the true object of love before my heart. And my concept just kind of fell by the wayside. That Those thoughts don't come around anymore. But why? What did I do? Did I, did I battle it in prayer? No. Did I study the scriptures harder? And, did I fast and pray? No. No. The Spirit of God, however God did it, A miracle brought the true object of love before the face of my heart to whatever measure to whatever degree that's how it happened God taking the initiative okay so going on God loves us we'll see this in the Old Testament we'll see this in the New Testament and this is true but we still have its our is still our concept Okay, like what I just the example I just gave, all right? Now we'll all if if we continue on, we'll also see that we love God. We'll kind of learn how to love God, or, or thoughts on you know, well this one did this. Well, they obviously loved the Lord, and David he loved the Lord. He loved you know, and so then we try to mimic, do the same thing. Well, he, this is how he loved the Lord. Well, maybe I should love the Lord too like that. Okay, but it's still for the most part our concept and then if we continue on reading well i'm I mean, you know if we continue on and the spirit of god is continue continuing to lead us guide us then we will come across the verse and it'll change it'll it'll bring a different thought into view and we'll discover that god himself is love So at that point, we began to discover love is much more than an action or emotion. But our concept of love is still an action and an emotion. And it is our concept of an action, our concept of an emotion. You know, feeling. Love in the scriptures is more than a feeling. More than a feeling. No. <laughs> that video is going to get flagged. <laughs> see, see, I tell you, that's just that's just what I bring to the table. <laughs> God brings His Son. We bring so much, brothers and sisters, so much, and God only provides His Son. We offer each other so much. And try to find fellowship and communion in so much, and God the Father only finds fellowship and communion in His Son. We are are either, as believers, partaking of the Lord's table, or we are partaking of some other table. God only provides His Son. Jesus Himself said, Eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have life abiding in you. All right. Going on. And lest we be condemned, brothers and sisters, the moment of new birth is because we did eat his flesh and drink his blood. You can look at it with a testimony in in Egypt. They slew a lamb, they ate the lamb, they celebrated the Passover. Now that very lamb is on the inside. We just we we just totally missed the testimony. All right, so going on. Uh, with with God is love, we discover God. Well, we discover that love is actually a person. But it's still, listen to this, it's still our concept of the person of God. It's still our concept. Because remember, God is love. The essence of God is love. Everything God does is love. Everything that God does comes out from love because it's it's he himself. And so our concepts get messed with because we can see, oh, well, they brought the little children to Jesus. You know, here come the little children to Jesus. How loving. And see, that's our concept when we just look at that but see the same one who receives the little children is the same one who uh made this whip and drove everybody out of the table you know kicking up tables and throwing money changers money and everything out the window basically causing a disruption in the temple i mean think about it we wouldn't we wouldn't put up with that if someone came into our fellowship and started turning over chairs and cracking a whip at people, driving everybody out, no, we wouldn't put up with that. Because that's our concept. That can't be love. That was the Jews' concept at the time as well. The Messiah can't be doing this. The Spirit of God, by miracle of God, prepares the ground of our heart to bring us from our concepts Onto the truth. Going on. From concepts to the truth. There's my little subtitle. (laughs) All right. How do we come to the truth and no longer continue in our concepts? Listen to what I'm going to say, and you may or may not like this, but it's the truth. It's true. God is seen. God is known in the person of Jesus Christ, his only son. That's it. How do we come from our concepts, our false concepts unto the truth? It's when the spirit of God brings us unto, listen, the person of the truth. Not unto a true thing, not into a true doctrine, not into a true message, not into a, a true teaching. No, 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 no. When the Spirit of God brings us unto, listen, the person of the truth. Did I? I don't know if I got that far or not. Yeah. It's somewhere down here. I didn't make it. I didn't jot it down, but it's the same. We'll look at it. Okay. John chapter 14, verse 6 through 11. Jesus said to them, I am the way the truth and the life. That's what Jesus said. I'm just reading what he said. Those are his words. I am the way, the truth, the life. He also said, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. And according to Jesus, all truth is he himself, Jesus himself. No one, going on with the verse, John chapter 14, verse 6, no one, nobody comes to the Father except through me. We, once again, we cannot ignore the Son. We cannot miscount the Son. We cannot, <clears throat> we cannot minimize the importance of the Son. We cannot bypass the Son. If Jesus Christ is not central, the center, we've missed it. We've missed God and the things of God. Once again, what are we looking for? We interpret everything according to the end goal, the objective we have in view before the face of our heart if christ himself is not that end goal and the goal that objective that we're aiming at that we're heading towards in view then we've missed it because we will not find god nor the things of god apart from the person of christ himself no one comes to the father god the father except through me it goes on if you had known me that's just knowing jesus you would have known my father also and from now on you know him okay this was actually uh, made to the disciples and have seen him whoa verse 8 philip said to him philip is one of the disciples lord show us the father and it is sufficient for us Jesus said to him, verse 9, have I been so long time with you? Look at that. Look how Jesus defines the Father form. Look how Jesus presents the Father for him. I mean, Philip says, okay, Jesus, show us the Father. Look what Jesus says. Have I? No one comes to the Father except through me. Have I been so have I been with you so long? And yet, you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. God and the things of God cannot be found, cannot be discovered, cannot be seen, cannot be known apart from the person of Christ himself, outside of the person of Christ himself. John chapter 12, verse 44 through 46, then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes In me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. If you receive the one who is sent, Christ, Jesus the Messiah, then you receive the one who sent him. Verse 45. And he who look at this, look at this, he who sees me. I I love this. I mean, this is this is the New King James translation. I haven't looked at other translations. But John chapter uh, 12, verse 45 He who sees me sees him who sent me. He who sees me sees him, the invisible God, who sent me. God cannot be seen or known apart from outside of the person of Christ Jesus the son no one comes into the father but except through except by Christ himself Jesus Christ himself and that's the key you you cannot take Jesus out of out of the picture no no he is the picture you can't You can't just throw, place him in and out of your equation. No. The whole equation should equal him. I mean, if if you're looking like at a chalkboard, I'm not going to write it up there, but if you have this whole big equation, and then right next to it, you have a big old equal sign, and you have Jesus Christ. And in that equation... It's called the testimony. Because it's his testimony. Jesus said, they are they that testify of me. The whole equation testifies of him. The whole equation equals him. But when we add to the equation, when we add to the testimony, or when we try to take from the testimony, then we do not have Christ listen as the end goal as the objective in view. Now it's no longer equal. No, no. Jesus plus does not equal Jesus. All right, going on. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. John chapter 12, verse 44 through 46. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in him, excuse me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. Verse 45, and he who sees me see's him who sent me verse 46 i have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness and see that's that's the difference right there remember how i how i how i mentioned before i was born again i believed in god i believed there was a god but see my belief did not have Christ himself as its object. So then all I had was my concept. And brothers and sisters, even as I mentioned it before, even after being born again, I still had my concepts. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Truth prepares the ground of our heart to guide us, to bring us unto all truth, that we may come from our concepts to the person of the truth himself. See, I can have a concept about a, a doctrine or a message or a teaching, but if I start to get to know a person, uh, it's going to be hard to hold on to my concepts I mean, because my concepts are not going to equal the actual person that I'm knowing. So at some point, I'm going to have to let go of my concepts in the face of, in the presence of the person. Remember, once again, God is not the big boogeyman. He is, God is not a thief. He is not a robber. He does not come to steal our concepts, to remove our concepts. No, no, no. God comes presenting unto our heart, unto us, the truth who Christ himself is. I've said this several times. I have not known a believer who was upset with God when God birthed them of the Spirit of Christ. When they were made to be born again by God. I've not found a believer who was mad at God for it. I've not found a believer who was mad at God, who brought their soul from death unto life. And I have not found a believer either who God has brought the heart from darkness unto light. In fact, the automatic result has been gratefulness and thankfulness unto God Himself. All right, Colossians. Because I know I'm getting past my time here. Colossians chapter 1, let's look at verse 9 through 15. For this reason, this is the Apostle Paul, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that's the knowledge of His will. In, with all, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and here we go, increasing in the knowledge of God. Not my knowledge increasing, not my mind, my, not my mind getting bigger. No, no. Increasing in the knowledge of God, being able by the work of the Holy Spirit, a miracle of God, to be able to bear more of the truth of him who is present. Because there is so much, brothers and sisters, of the truth, who is Christ Jesus himself, that we are not able to bear. There is much of the lord i am not able to bear but the spirit of truth the holy spirit is continually preparing the ground of our heart to direct to lead to guide to bring unto the truth verse 11 strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the father who has has, I love the the tenses, qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, of the inheritance of the saints, just like Abraham, in light. And that is not the light of our natural mind, which is darkness. That is the light of God, who Christ Jesus himself is. He is the eternal day. He is the eternal light of the creation that He Himself is. Verse 13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In Him, I love this, in His person, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of of sins. Look at this. Still speaking of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He's the image of God. The stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. We want to find God and the things of God. We just don't want to find all in the person of Christ Jesus, His Son. John chapter one verse eleven through thirteen. He came to his own, and his own did not receive it, Receive him. Verse twelve. But I love that but there. But as many of us, but as many as received him. Look at that. Received him, not received his teaching, not received his message, or not received that which God gave that testifies of Him. You no, know, all those message, the teaching, the doctrine, the preaching, the, the 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 testimony found hidden hidden in the scriptures. All that was to receive a person, receive. Him, because he came. He came. God was presenting his son, and finally, at the time appointed, the son came. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Basically, it was not by the ability, not of anything of the first man, Adam. And just as we who are born again came from death unto life by God's very own ability, we who are born again, brothers and sisters, will come God desires it to bring us from darkness, our concepts, our mind, the mind of the first man, Adam, unto the truth, the knowledge of God, God's very own knowledge, who is Christ Jesus, his son. And so, as I stated to to me, and I believe it's just everywhere in the scriptures, I mean, I, (laughs) I, I didn't even think this was possible, actually. Because I've heard other believers in the past say this, and I'm thinking that's just completely ridiculous. And I didn't think it was possible, but this, there's actually believers out there that have a thought that uh, that you can be too Christ-focused, too Christ-focused. And what I mean by that is that I've had conversations with believers, and they're like, "Well, well, like," and this is like not this is like time, you know, this is years. I've, I've come across this over the years. And it's like, well, you're just too Jesus-focused. You're just too Christ-focused, you know? And I'm thinking, how can you err if Christ, the eternal object, is in view? I mean, I, to me, Christ himself, Jesus Christ himself, is the goal of everything of God including the scriptures, including the testimony that is hidden in the scriptures. I mean, he's it. He is it. And I just, to me, when we're pulling something out of the scriptures that's not the Son, then brothers and sisters, to me, and I believe, to God the Father, we've erred. And so then, at that point, we still have our concept. And we've run with a concept. But see, the Spirit of God is faithful. He is faithful unto God's end, unto God's end goal, unto God's objective, which Jesus declares, they are they that testify of me. And God the Father himself, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. There's so many verses that I've seen just just recently and I I just in, in just reading and searching and it's like yep I mean Isaiah Isaiah oh gosh I can't remember what verse it was or what passage but it it was like Isaiah speaking of the of the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense and then the verse either goes on to say or right before it says it this he spake of when he saw the glory of Christ. And I'm thinking, well, there you have it. I mean, the whole book of Isaiah, the whole book of Isaiah is a result of, well, it's, you know, inspired by the Spirit of God, but it is a result of what you find in Isaiah chapter 6, where it says, in the day, in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah, you know, was doing whatever, and I lifted up my eyes and I saw the glory of the Lord who fills the temple. I saw the Lord. And then my concept of life, my state of being was totally undone. And only the Lord remained, the one who fills, whose glory fills both heaven and earth. And out from this scene of the Lord, thy seeing me and thy seeing me hereafter, out from this encounter with the person himself, comes the rest of the book of Isaiah. Part of which when he says, they stumble at the stumbling stone, the rock of offense, this he spake of when he saw his glory. They are they that testify of me. That's what Jesus says. And I'll, I'm going to go ahead and believe Jesus on that one. So there you have it, brothers and sisters. Please, please, please present all of this before the Spirit of God, unto the Spirit of God, that he can use, whether something in, in these lessons, something that you've heard, or just use, as I stated earlier, uh, whatever of this natural creation. I mean, whatever, whenever, however. That, God, that the Spirit of God would be able to use it to prepare the ground of our heart for, and I'll say it this way, God's, God's will, God's goal, God's end in our hearts. And I'm not going to say God's will, dot, 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 God's end, dot, 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 God's goal, dot, dot, dot. No, no, no. No. How about we allow the Spirit of God to define that for us? I mean, He is the teacher. The Lord bless you all. We'll see you in our next lesson. Amen.